Welcome to the Portland Christian Center Podcast. This week, we will hear from Pastor Nate Linsett on the series, Moving Forward. This fifth week on the series, we will hear him speak on freedom. Now here is Pastor Nate. All right. All right. Who's ready for Community Care Day? It's going to be a fantastic. All right. So good. You look great this morning. Man, what a fabulous day to be in church and alive. Turn to your neighbor and make sure they're, they're doing okay. Say, hi, are you awake? Yes. It's going to be great. Are you awake? Um, really quick, before I get too far ahead of myself, we have um, some very special friends that are here with us this morning. Uh, Pastor John and Candy Brandsetter, would you just clap for them? Would you guys wave to everybody? They are um, amazing people. Uh, they uh, retired as pastors a few years ago, but they were um, in the Tri-Cities right next to us, and then they came to our church, and they've been mentors, friends, prayer warriors, and uh, man, they are incredible people. So uh, before they leave, make sure you give them a hug, because you'll be blessed, I promise. Uh, but they are incredible. So we love you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for praying for us. Um, we've been in this series called Moving Forward. How many have enjoyed Moving Forward? Okay, three of you. That's cool. Let's see if we get some more. All right, let's go. More of us. Come on. We've enjoyed it. It's been good. All right, there we go. We, we're just making sure. We were just checking our phones. We're good. Turn them on silent, I know. Uh, but one of the things that we've talked about is that um, in the very first week we said um, that it's his presence that will set us apart. Do you remember that? His presence will set us apart. And I, I just believe that it's his presence that makes everything happen and will continue to happen at Portland Christian Center. We are not people that are relying on the greatest show, the best hair, thank the Lord, or anything else to carry us. We are relying on the presence and power of Jesus. And so as we get started today, I just want to pray for you that God's presence uh, would stir your heart. Um, the Bible says that we need to have eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts that would respond. Because the word talks about that there would be the gospel message that would go out and that it would fall on different paths. Like, do you remember this story in the Bible where it would fall on rocky soil, some would fall on good soil, and some would be scorched out by different things? And I am praying that the word of God would go forth today and that every single person listening would be good soil. That the word of God would go deep inside your heart and that it would bear much fruit because Portland needs us to bear fruit. Amen. So if you agree with that, would you just lift your hands just right here, not too high or not too low, however you feel comfortable. I'm just going to pray, Holy Spirit, may your word come alive. May it transform our hearts. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would do what only you can do and that we would come in one way and leave differently. I pray that we would be filled, of, filled with hope. We'd be filled with joy, with peace, with confidence that you are the same God. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Um, one of the things that I've been doing strategically at the beginning of my messages um, and kind of throughout is just giving you a little personal story. I know we're just getting to know each other, and so I'm trying to get to know you, but I think it's helpful if you kind of know a little bit more about each other. When I was growing up, uh, one of my favorite subjects 
Um, and all of elementary, middle school, and even high school, my favorite subject. I studied this subject. I dreamed about this subject. I just lived this subject. P.E. It was by far my favorite thing that I looked forward to. And the number one uh, sport that I loved in PE was dodgeball. I stretched, I warmed up. Anybody else just, come on, we got one guy. Anybody else just love dodgeball? It was just the best. And so I remember um, just getting ready. And this one time we played, uh, it was for PE. And it was um, 15 on 15. So we made sure, now for me, you know, if you're going to be competitive, better be fair, right? So it was 15 on 15, and we are dialing up, and my team is winning. We are smoking them. And I am just thrilled, as humble as can be, right? And so I'm letting everybody know, you know, ah, you know, you're hitting people like, yeah. And so it gets down to one person, and there's about four or five on my team left, and so we are getting ready to just destroy them in the love of Jesus. No, I'm just kidding. We're just getting ready to smash them with these dodgeballs. And so we're, we're throwing them, and we're all, this person's about ready to go down. And just before this happens, the PE teacher does something that is so atrocious, <laughs> so, I'd almost say ungodly, unjust for sure, he yells out a phrase that to this day haunts me, jailbreak. And if you don't know what jailbreak is, it means that if you've been out the whole game, you are back in. And so everybody that's sitting out that had been pegged, I had worked so hard to put them out. And they're just, yeah, and they go running, and it disrupts everything that I had been working towards, which was destroying the other team. And, and you know what's funny? Every time that happened, it, just, it would just devastate me as this justice-oriented person. But you know the looks on the faces of people who get to be back in the game? They were thrilled. They were high-fiving. They had hope again. And one of the things that I just want all of us to remember at Portland Christian Center, we are people looking to help set captives free. We are a people of God that have the same heart as Jesus that we are looking to set captives free. Today we're talking about as we move forward, we are going to be people of freedom. We are going to be people of freedom. We live in a world that is struggling with captivity, even though they think they're free. America, the land of the free, the home of the brave, and yet you look around on the city streets, you look around in neighborhoods, you look online, and you don't see freedom, do you? And one of the tricks of the enemy as people of God is that we can get a self-righteous justice attitude, and we say things like, well, they deserved it. And we forget that we have sinned as well and deserve it. You see, today I want to offer every single one of us the same thing that I want 
you to know Jesus did this first is that the good news is still at work today. The good news of the gospel is still at work today. And wherever Jesus is, the Bible says, where the spirit of the Lord is, this is our first verse, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Okay, we're going to try that again. One of my favorite bald guys on the radio is Dave Ramsey. And he does this thing called the freedom scream. Have you heard this? Freedom! Now, I know some of you are like, please don't make me scream. Please don't make me scream. Okay, we don't have to scream, but we have to say it with some power this morning, okay? So when I, I'm going to say this verse. When we get to freedom, I want you to say, freedom! Can you say it that loud with me? Let's practice. Ready? One, two, three. Freedom! Okay, we're getting better. Are you ready? Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom! Yes. I just think the enemy trembles when he hears that. I think the enemy troubles because the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. Why do we want to invite our friends and neighbors to church? There's freedom here. The presence of God is here. You see, the Bible teaches us that people are the church. And the more people that are coming together and gathering, the presence of, the, of God, it starts to multiply and we start to get stirred up. Our faith gets built up and we start to sense his presence and he sets people free. They come in broken and they leave healed. They come in lost and they leave found. You're watching on the feed this morning. There's freedom for you. You're sitting in the pews this morning. There is freedom for you. And yes, this morning, because there's people here, I was praying, the Lord was showing me, there are people here this morning that you have a hidden addiction that nobody knows about. And God's going to set you free today. What's stirring in your heart right now is the courage to actually come up and have someone pray over you. Because it's been a secret for so long. You've been hiding it for so long. Did you know that Christ came for you? Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Oh, man, we already lost the momentum. Let's try that again. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is? Very good. Myella and I were talking with the team, and she said something I thought was so good. She said, blinders will be removed for people to have fresh vision to see the truth. Today, you're going to see the truth in a fresh way. Jesus is setting people free this morning. Jesus is setting people free this morning. Setting them free to be who? To be exactly who he designed them to be. I love how Charles Spurgeon, this is what he says. God, we are not ourselves until we are lost in you. God, we are not ourselves until we are lost in you. I want to show you a, a sculpture real quick. And I made sure it was G-rated. Don't worry. If you know that sculpture, you know what I'm talking about. Michelangelo made that. And when he, looked, when he did that, he said this. The sculpture is already complete within the marble block. Before I start my work, it is already there. I just have to chisel away the superfluous material. That's what God is doing for each and every one of us. There are things that we pick up along the way that were never meant to be there. And yet Jesus is chiseling things away because we live in a world that's fighting for the identity of the hearts and minds of people. Do you notice that? 
trying to lie and deceive, but we, we have a God that says, actually, you are a son, you are a daughter. I created you male and female. There's no confusion in the word of God. And he's setting people free. The, the, now here's the problem. When we say these truths, sometimes we get upset. We're like, they're disagreeing with me. Of course they did. You know why? They're lost. Lost people act like they're lost because they're lost. Have you ever been somewhere, maybe at the mall or someone, and you see a kid who's lost without their parents? There's panic. There's fear. And they're searching. They're searching. And the worst thing we could do is look at them and say, yep, they're lost. No, 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 no. Jesus came to seek and to save that was lost. So we don't bow to the false philosophies of this world. We speak the truth, but we have the heart of compassion because we know they're lost. We don't have to fight with them. We have to love them and just stand up and say, nope, the truth is this. The word of God says this. I'm going to love you, and I'm going to pray that you see the truth because Jesus came to set the captives free, and that's what I'm going to do as well. And in case you're wondering, that's a big job. But our God is greater. Our God is bigger. And he's got more than enough for all the things that we need. So here's what I want you to remember. Moving forward, PCC will be a place where people find freedom in Christ. So my big idea from the very beginning is this. Freedom is God's design for his children. Freedom is God's design for his children. So how are we going to do this together? How are we going to do this? You ready? Don't worry. I didn't make this up. It's in God's word. If you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 7, verse 53. Who has their Bible? Let me see it. We're waving God's word. Come on. More and more of us are bringing our scriptures every single week. I love it. The word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Yes, I love it. We are all about the Word of God. So one thing you need to understand, if you have your Bibles, you'll see in there a little footnote, and it says this, the earliest manuscripts and many other ancient witnesses do not have John 7, 53 through 8 through 11 um, in it. You're like, oh, that's interesting. A few manuscripts include these verses, holy are in part. Now, I've done a lot of uh, digging and, and research, and one of the things you find is that this story has been passed down through oral tradition, and around the 9th or 10th century, it was actually added to Scripture and canonized as part of God's Word. And so what a lot of people believe is that a Christian um, scribe put that in, and it's been carried in ever since. But as you study it, you see that this story is historically accurate and has been continued on from generation to generation. And so as we read God's word, I want you to understand, we believe that the word of God is inspired of him. It is useful for teaching, correcting, and rebuking, and training in righteousness. And this is the same as well. So we're going to pick up in chapter 7, verse 53, and this is what it says. 
Then they all went home. No, 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 no. Stay where you are. Stay where you are. Okay. This is what God's word says. Then they all went home. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him. And he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now, what do you say? Okay, hold up, hold up, time out, time out. Is anybody else wondering where's the dude? Hello! I mean... It's such an interesting passage. It reveals so much about the heart of a person who's allowed religion to make their heart hard. They do not care about people. They just want to be right. It's a warning for all of us, isn't it? People are the prize. People are the prize. In the law... Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now, what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let any one of you who is without sin, hello, be the first to throw a stone at her. Come on, Jesus. Again, he stooped down and wrote down on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time. The older ones first, until only Jesus was left, with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? Wow. Could you imagine facing certain death, closing your eyes, waiting for the final judgment for you to be killed and to have the love of Jesus look at you right in the eyes and say, where are your accusers? Do you realize that's going to be something that you and I will experience someday? Satan's going to try and accuse you And then we have a great high priest. His name is Jesus, who stands between judgment. And he says, there are no accusers. I have set you free. I have claimed you. You are my son and you are my daughter. And she says, no one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your, do you know what it says right there? What does it say? Life of sin. What's interesting there, make sure you understand it when you study that, it's saying your life of sin. He's not saying you'll never sin again. He's saying the lifestyle you've chosen to live, walk away from it. Walk away from it and never go back to it. Freedom was always God's design for his kids. Freedom was always God's design for you and for me. How does Jesus set people free? 
I want to talk to you about three ways that Jesus sets people free today. The first one is he disrupts the comfortable. He disrupts the comfortable. Verse 7, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. This woman, according to the law, she deserves to die. And Jesus had the audacity to yell, jailbreak! Jailbreak, you're free! It messes people up, doesn't it? Did you see anywhere in that scripture where she said she was sorry? Anywhere in that scripture where she repented? One of the things that can happen over and over and over as we grow in our faith is that we don't keep the simple things that Jesus teaches us in front of our eyes as we grow, which is this. He came for people. He came for you. He came for your family members, the ones that don't agree with you, that drive you crazy on Thanksgiving. He loves them. He loves them. As wrong as they are, he still loves them. You see, he disrupts the comfortable because he was going for the lost. He's going for the lost. And you and I have to constantly check our spirits. That's why Romans 12 says that we are to renew your mind in Christ. Don't conform me along the path of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Every day I ask the Holy Spirit, renew my mind. I want to think like Jesus. I want to live like Jesus. And please, Lord, forgive me for thinking it has to go a certain way when your scripture says it doesn't have to go that way. One of the challenges, by the way, youth, I'm so proud of you for sitting in the front. Would you give it up for the youth? I'm so proud of you. So one of the things about being Pentecostal, you, I've, I've told the story of my, my grandma and grandpa. We've been raised in the church. I love God. I love the moving and working of the Holy Spirit. And I love Pastor Jason reporting all the people that um, were speaking in tongues, filled with the Holy Spirit. I love all of that. But here's one of the things that can happen. What happens when all of your friends get it or get filled with him or speaking in tongues or they get healed and nothing happens to you? Where's God in that? I had a friend, his name's Sean. We're still friends to this day. When he was growing up, he's a little bit older than me. He's about 45. And uh, he had, their, their youth group was having revival. And he said every week people were getting filled with the Holy Spirit. There were people being um, touched by God. All these amazing things would happen. And he would go to the front and he would say, God, I want you. And nothing would happen. Week after week after week. And he was just so upset. He's a good kid. His parents raised him right. And he just wanted whatever it was these people were experiencing. The Bible talks about Acts 1-8, you receive power and the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Acts 2-4, they begin to speak in other tongues. He's reading all these scriptures. He's studying. He's crying out to God and nothing's happening. Anybody ever been there? So he's just knocking. He's knocking. He's knocking. And nothing's happened. So one night after youth group, he gets in his car and he's driving home all by himself. And he's looking out the road 
And he's saying, Jesus, where are you? And all of a sudden, he starts to cry. All of a sudden, he starts speaking in tongues. All of a sudden, he starts getting filled with the Holy Spirit so much that he can't drive. So it's about 8.45 at night. He pulls over the side of the road up by Port Orchard in, in Washington. And he sits on the side and he starts praying to God and he's just weeping. Thank you, Jesus. And he's speaking in tongues. He's calling on God. And apparently he lost track of time because it's about 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. No cell phones back then. 16 years old. Drives home and his parents are waiting for him. Could you imagine your kid comes home and you're saying, why did you miss curfew? I was praying in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Try that one next time. <laughs> and at first, they were kind of like, wait, wait, what? But then they started seeing something different in him. He started having a completely different heart. And God called him into ministry. Did you know that two weekends ago, he celebrated his 20th year as the kids pastor at Sound Life Church in Tacoma. Well, let me try that again. He celebrated his 20th year as the kids pastor. Isn't that amazing? And here's what he says. I wanted God to do it this way. But he did it this way and it was way better. He got called into ministry. And one of the things that God did, and his name's Sean, I, I love Pastor Sean. We call ourselves the sweet boys, <laughs> bald brothers and everything. But one of the things Sean does that's every single time, whenever a new kid would come into kids ministry, he would always do this. What's your name? And he looks them right in the eyes and he gets right at kid level. Can't you imagine Jesus doing that to that poor lady? Stooping down and looking right into her eyes. Who condemns you? No one, sir. Then neither do I condemn you. It didn't look the way she thought it would look. How did she end up there? We don't know. We don't know. We don't know what Jesus wrote in the sand, do we? The Bible never tells us. One of the interesting things that we do know is that he used his finger. Did you know in Exodus 33, God wrote on the stone tablets the Ten Commandments with his finger for the children of Israel? Many scholars believe that he's revealing he's the great I am. The same God that was in Exodus. Come on. He's the same God in the New Testament, and he's still writing on the hearts of men today. He's still looking at you, and he's disrupting us even now. We are way, way, way past being comfortable. Anybody else tired of being comfortable? Be careful. If you're comfortable, God's about to disrupt you. And you know how I know that? Because we live in Portland. This is your mission field. We don't curse the darkness. We light a candle. We don't say you have to do it just like this, like this. We say, no, I just want Jesus. 
and we look people right in the eye and we say, it's for freedom that Christ has set you free. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. One of the things God's going to do for us is take the blinders off that says it has to look exactly this way. And I'm sorry, church, it may get a little uncomfortable, but here's the thing. When Jesus is in it, I'll take discomfort all day long because people are set free. So the first thing that Jesus teaches us is that he disrupts the comfortable. And the second thing he does, this is so beautiful, he comforts those who have been disrupted. He comforts those who have been disrupted. Look at this poor lady. She's down there. Most scholars also believe she'd be naked or maybe a sheet somewhere around. And he looks at her. Where are your accusers? Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. Go now and leave your life of sin. One of the most destroying things that breaks the heart of God, that I, I just honestly believe this, is that when people live their life of sin or they're, struck, they're stuck in this world, they believe lies about their identity. Yeah. I am a pot smoker, people will say. I will always be addicted to drugs. I will always be addicted to pornography. I will always be, this is just the way that I am made. I will always be an angry person. That's just who I am. I, I, I have no way of fixing this. Lie, 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 lie. Jesus has come to chisel all those things away. Go now and leave your life of sin. He says to her. And what does she do? We don't know. Why does the Bible leave some things out? Here's why. I have a feeling that if we knew everything, there would be no room for faith. Faith is the confidence of things hoped for and certain, without, and certain of what we do not see. Without faith, the Bible says it's impossible to please God. He comforts those who have been disrupted. If you're here today and there's been disruption in your life, Jesus has come for you. And how does he do it? With force, gentleness. The last point, number three, is Jesus comforts with gentleness. He writes in the sand, and who walks away? The oldest to the youngest. The apostle Peter, you know how he said we should preach the gospel? Check this out. 1 Peter 3.15. But in your hearts, honor Christ, the Lord, as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. But sometimes I just want to yell at them and tell them the truth. Gentleness and respect. But I'm right. If you're right, you don't have to yell it. 
I think some people are trying to convince themselves that's why they yell it so loud. Right? Where's our confidence? It's in the Lord. It's not in ourselves. You see, there are people in this world that are hurting and broken and lost. And what do they need? The love of God and his gentleness. There was a meeting I had with some youth pastors. And one of the youth pastors from Oklahoma, he was in a youth group of 1,500 people, 1,500 students. And there was one boy that walked in, buff dude. We all met those kids that are just like, wow, what happened to you? What were your parents feeding you? He came in strong, massive, but he was angry. Angry. Everybody could see it, and he would come in, and he would, start fight, he would start fights with all the youth group kids. He'd start punching them, smacking them. So they had security. They'd kick him out. But he kept coming week after week after week, and they're like, what is going on? So the youth pastor was pretty upset about it, so he prayed, and he asked God, what, what do I do about this? And the guy comes right in, and he's getting ready. You could tell he was looking for a fight. And the Holy Spirit said to this youth pastor, go and give him a hug. He disrupts our comfort. So he's like, no, God, that can't be you, you know, making sure. So he finally falls and walks right to the man, looks him right in the eye. And the guy gives him one of these. You know how guys kind of, you know, they raise their chest up a little. It's that universal sign for what do you want? Hold their breath in. And he just gives him a hug. And as he held him, he said it, it was really uncomfortable for him. And he wouldn't let him go. All of a sudden, this big mountain of a man just starts weeping. He just starts crying. And tears begin to fold down his face. And then the Holy Spirit prophetically gave him a word and just says, say this to him. What your dad did to you is not your fault. And as soon as he said that, the boy dropped to his knees. And he just began to pray over this man. And as he got him up, the boy said, you don't understand what you just said. My dad wanted me to be the best football player I could be. When I was 9, 10, and 11, 12 years old, he would make me in our garage, put a helmet on, and run into the garage door as hard as I could until I blacked out. Over and over and over. I'm the meanest, baddest football player in all of Oklahoma. And I hate my dad every day for what he did to me. And the Holy Spirit began to speak to this youth pastor, and he said, you think God's like that, don't you? He said, he is. He said, no, 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 you've believed a lie. Jesus came for you. Some of us here, you've had examples of things that have been done to you. That's not God. God came to set you free. Amen. If I could have the worship team come up, and if you would stand with me, I believe this is a holy moment because there are people here that you're about to experience freedom. 
Are you ready to experience freedom? No? Okay. There, the rest of us are. It's cool. We're going to sing a song right now, and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help us here because I just believe that there's freedom in the house. This song was written by Jason Upton. It's called Freedom Reigns. Maybe you've heard of this song. And in this, this song, what most people don't, rec- don't, don't know about Jason Upton is that he was given up for adoption a few months after he was born. And his mom wrote down on her journal and she prayed that her son would be adopted into a Christian couple, that he would be raised in church, and that he would love God. All these years go by and she has no idea what's happening. A few years in, she starts listening to worship music and God starts speaking into her heart all the holes that's inside of her life. And she finds a worship leader that she's never heard of before named Jason Upton. And so she starts listening to him and loves his worship and God speaks to her for six years. During that time, Jason Upton is looking for his parents. So he writes a letter and finds some people through different, different avenues and finds his, his birth mom. He shows up to church and they meet. And she goes, I have been listening to your worship for six years, and you're my son. You never know what God can do. I want to read you one line that Jason Upton said that I thought was so good that we're going we're to worship. When you don't know your bloodline, it changes everything. When you don't know your bloodline, it changes everything. Church, we live in a nation that spiritually does not know or have the bloodline of Christ. It's our job to present Jesus to this world. Amen? Would you bow your heads with me? Father, I pray right now that you would begin to stir in our hearts compassion for the lost, Stir in our hearts compassion for each other. In the same way that you did not condemn, you came to save. I pray that we would have the same posture. Freedom! Freedom! Freedom, Lord! We pray freedom on our nation, Lord Jesus. Not the lies of doing whatever we want, but actually being found in you. May you chisel away all the lies. If you're here this morning and you need to receive Jesus as your personal Savior and Lord, I just would ask that you just raise your hand right where you are. He's here to save you. I'm not going to embarrass you. Just slip a hand up. I want to pray for you right where you're at. Is there anybody here that needs to receive Jesus? Thank you, Jesus. Anybody that needs him. Maybe there's someone online. I don't know. We could put it in the chat. So, Father, today I pray for every person here that they would receive your grace they would receive your love. Father, do what only you can do. I pray that you would heal, transform, and renew. In Jesus' name. I have one question for you as you worship today, church. Is there any area in your life that you need the Holy Spirit to chisel away? Any area in your life you need the Holy Spirit to chisel away?
because true freedom is being lost in him. True freedom is being found only in Christ. Would you close your eyes with me? Christelle, would you start to sing this song? Thank you for listening to the Portland Christian Center Podcast. If you'd like to hear more or learn more about us, visit our website at pcctoday.com or join us online for our live stream at 1030 at live.pcctoday.com.